Welcome to episode number 339 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, the 11th of March, 2014. So nice to have you here. My name's Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. I just realized it's not the 11th, 11th. it's the 18th. Sorry. (laughs) 18th. It's been one of those nights, folks, and we're just getting going. Oh yeah, there's lots of... Try it again. I'm Robbie. I think I'm still Krista. Still good. All right. Good. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we have lots of cool stuff in the news. Uh, Let's see what's going on. Uh, Coming up in the newsroom, won't it be annoying when your car tells you to start calming down? I'd be a little annoyed. Do you like the convenience of direct deposit paychecks? What would happen if someone stole your banking information from your employer? Bad news. A hoax email has scared thousands of people into thinking they may have cancer. Oh, dear. Hmm. A Netflix-like service for watching movies illegally shared via BitTorrent was to shut down, but now it looks like it cannot be stopped. Despite the continued warnings about security threats following its pending end of life, nearly all bank ATMs are still running Windows XP. Hmm. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Awesome. Tonight, I am joined by both Crystal Wells and the lovely Hillary Rumble. Hey, Hill. Surprise! Here I am. It's twice the fun. So tonight, we are actually going to be investigating how to use both Adobe Photoshop and the GNU Image Manipulation Program to improve our photos. Perfect for sharing on Facebook, a company blog, for example. So don't miss it. So much time and so little to do. Wait a minute. Strike that. Reverse it. And uh, thank you. It's going to be a great show. Don't go anywhere. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring... Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So great having you here. You notice that we've all got our swell Category 5 Technology TV t-shirts on tonight. You can pick those up at shop. Dot category5.tv uh, Really, really uh, would love to have you order some t-shirts this week. Reason is we've got a, we've got a minimum order quantity that we have to get from our manufacturers. We, create, we do small runs with our manufacturer. These are nicely done shirts. Very good quality and uh, you're, you're going to love them. Uh, but of course, because we have to meet that minimum, we need more orders in order to place our orders this week. Uh, so get on over to shop.category5.tv and we'd love to see your orders this week so that we can get those in next weekend and uh, really excited to be sending some t-shirts your way as soon as they're printed as well shop.category5.tv exciting news uh something that hillary and i or pardon me that krista and i have been working on um is the roku channel i think hillary we've talked about it as Mm -hmm. well the fact that category 5 technology tv is about to come to the roku device and that of course is a set top box looks kind of like this here's the box from it there you go Roku 2. Um, you can actually watch Category 5 Technology TV on that device as of April 8th. 
So we are officially three weeks away from that. Uh, I've been working on the coding end of things and making everything, you know, making sure everything works and testing away on our on our screen here. Uh, Jot from our uh, Category 5 viewer community has been instrumental in making sure that all those old episodes that have never been released on our website are now going to be a part of the Roku channel. So awesome, you're going to actually have access to old episodes of Category 5 Technology TV as well as every new episode moving forward. And of course, awesome. Crystal Wells. Our graphic designer, our resident graphic designer, doing up uh, really nice graphics so that our channel stands out in the Roku channel store. We're trying to make it look That's the arrangement, right? Yeah, it's going to look good. It's going to be great. (laughs) So that's Category 5 Technology TV. This show that you're watching right now coming to Roku on April 8th. And I'll just let you know, uh, as a partner with Amazon, I'd encourage you to go over to cat5.tv slash Roku, and it's spelled R-O-K-U. And uh, if you haven't already got the device, you've got three weeks until our channel launches. Uh, so pick one up now, cat5.tv slash Roku, and uh, you'll be able to actually purchase one of those devices. There are four different models to choose from, so they vary in price. And uh, that will get you all set up, and you'll have it in time for, for our show launch. And you'll be supporting the show indirectly as well uh, because of portion of your purchase, uh, if it's done through that link, cat5.tv slash Roku, uh, will actually go toward the show as well. I like it. Cool. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. That's, uh, sorry, <laughs> that's cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Krista. Mm-hmm. If you've got your mobile device handy, grab it. Scan this code m.cat5.tv is where you want to go on your mobile browser. And that is our official mobile website. And it features things like live video, live streaming uh, audio as well. You can actually listen. So if you're sitting on the train or in the car, you can listen to the show without the distraction of the video. Uh, Also, we've got on-demand video there as well. So can't beat it. (laughs) It's so distracting to watch. Well, you don't want... Well, when you're driving... Little screen. You can do both. People do that. You they, can they're do increasing both. the fines here in Canada because mm-hmm. people do it. <laughs> I sure hope you don't do it, folks. That's crazy. Please don't. <laughs> okay, so. Exciting stuff. Very excited about tonight's feature because we are going to be taking a look at. Um, it, I, I explained this to you, Krista, that we're not doing a Photoshop versus GIMP tutorial yes, we're not it's doing not a, a war it's not a war between the two products what we're actually doing is we want to take a look because krista is a professional graphic designer uh and uh, so i kind of was curious as to how you would go about touching up photographs mm-hmm. versus how i might do it in the gimp and maybe i can translate some of the things that you're doing in photoshop in the free gnu image manipulation program yeah. and that benefits everybody because if what you can do in the commercial application can be done in the free program we'd like to know about it yeah why so, not how good is that so Hillary joins us tonight. Hey, Hill. Hello, world. Here I am. And Hillary, you are I- involved in an interesting um, project right now, creating a blog for a business. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what uh, what brings you here tonight? Certainly. So I will be doing some work for an event planner, wedding coordinator, and doing the blogging um, and the content, the social media kind of content for them. Okay. So I was starting to think and like go through some of their past event photos, some of which are taken on like beautiful cameras and some of which are taken on like point and shoot cameras. And I'm like, well, how Mm. can I post these event blogs 
when some of the photos look so glorious and others look like, there's a picture right. of our table set up. Possibly <laughs> even taken from an iPhone. Could be. I think Krista and I understand this <laughs> because a lot of times we'll have customers come to us with the photos that they've provided and, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you mean you can't blow that up onto a billboard? No, yeah. it's 0.3 megapixels. It's not going to happen. So, so we want to take some of these photos that Hillary you've provided and see what we can do to make them look good. Or what's the I want plan? them to look awesome. Now, there's like yeah. when I've been perusing no no other people's um, sites just to get you know a little taste for the biz. All these photos, I don't. I just call it like the wedding lens. It has this like right. light, airy feel to it. That'd be that vignette, eh? The yes. white vignette. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like that's the look I'm going for. So when I provided these event photos, whether or not they're taken on a like a beautiful Canon or a point and shoot, whatever, I want to be able to just do a little bit of touch up so they look a little classier yeah. um, okay. for the blog. Sure. Yeah. So first of all, Krista, right. as a professional. Uh, graphic designer slash web designer and everything that you do first impressions when somebody comes to you and says okay i've got all these pictures that were taken with a mix of you know a nice canon uh, dslr uh, but also Mm -hmm. a lot that are taken with a point and shoot camera what are your thoughts my first impression is uh i'm up for some really late nights um (laughs) because they're not fun um, there's usually a lot of work, and there is only so much you can do with photos. Right. If the data isn't there to work with, you can't add data. So, I mean, what you yeah. what you have is kind of what you have to work with. You can try to make them look a little bit prettier, maybe a little bit sharper, maybe change some of the sizes, um, that kind of stuff. Obviously, change lighting and, uh, and that kind sure. of thing. But, In mean, Wedding Photographer, you mentioned getting sharper, but there's even that kind of Gaussian blur yeah, you kind of that. effect that will remove sharpness Makes it a lot but it gives softer. it a bit of a, a yeah absolutely you could do that too focus, i guess yeah there's a place for all that kind of stuff yeah. too so so can we take a look at some of these pictures that uh, that hillary yeah. has provided and and see what what we can do so you're running what this is a macbook yes macbook pro um and i have i don't have the newest version of everything um okay. i honestly haven't found the need for it right now i'm running cs5 um, okay it's an older version system. of photoshop yep. that's fine yeah not not too old. That's yeah. a few years, I guess. Oh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with all the updates so, sometimes. Um, so, do you just kind of want to jump into it? Yeah, let's we'll jump into it. Let's see. Here. And Hillary, you can see our, our screen yes, there as I well. Can. So, as uh, as we're kind of going through here, if you have any suggestions or thoughts, we'd, uh, totally, we'd certainly welcome for those. Sure. So, okay. Good with that. Yeah. yeah. We'll put, so, there, there are a lot of photos that were supplied here for um, sure. some of the reasoning, just to show you kind of the points that I wanted to. I did pull a couple other photos. Okay. Um, just because it's easier to show that way. All right. But let's open this first one up. In Photoshop. Okay, so this is one of the ones that Hillary has provided. Yes. Okay. Just a handful. And so can this... I, I'm going to actually bring this up in sure. GIMP as well on my system running Linux. So, this is all free software that I'm running. Um, and I know why you haven't upgraded from CS5. I'll just say it's not, not free. Uh-oh. Not so free. Okay. Back to Photoshop. Right. So here's your photo. Uh, this one, you can see it was probably taken a little bit of a darker room. Can they you used, tell us a little bit about that? They used a flash. 
can. <laughs> I certainly can. Yes, you're right. Yeah, right. A the flash, flash was yeah. used in a dark space at a retro-themed party involving costumes. Right. Gotcha. Which means that your foreground will be lighter, your background is kind of dark, so what the flash is only hitting is your people that are in your foreground. Uh, really heavy shadows. Yeah, I see the shadows on the hand, for mm-hmm. sure. That kind of stuff, um, unless you want to put on a lot of time, you can't really worry about the shadows. Uh, but we'll show you a couple things that we can do. So I've opened this in mine, and what I always, always do, um, I always take the original photo or my layer here, and I'm just going to unlock that because then Photoshop becomes locked. I'm going to duplicate it, and then I'm going to relock that just so that I have a photo if I ever make. Is that like your backup? Yeah, some kind of a mistake. I don't have to. I haven't saved over it. It's not. I have it there, so okay. I can go back to it. So on GIMP, what I would do is I'd right-click on the layer and go duplicate layer. And I'd achieve the same thing. Good stuff. So, and then again, what I would always do is I would do it uh, the non-destructive way. I'm going to show you the other way, just so that you can see where things are in the menu bar. Um, But non-destructive versus destructive. If you edit photos um, destructively is what it's called. It means that you're doing it directly on the photo. In order to get back or make a back step, you have to undo. Sometimes you can only undo so many times. So non-destructively, you're essentially making all the same changes, but you're doing it in ways where it layers on top of the photo instead. So you can Ooh. delete a layer. Um, okay. So I'll show you how to do that as well, but I'm going to show you how to do the changes destructively just so you can see where everything is in the menus. Cool. Very good. So what I would probably do first is I would probably mess around with the levels a little bit. Get a contrast. So in Photoshop, you go image adjust adjustments levels. And if I may, in GIMP, it will be. Oh, my apologies. Sorry, I mean curves. I don't want levels right now. Curves. Oh, we're gonna do curves. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Okay. So there's Photoshop. There's GIMP. They look pretty similar. similar. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So what you're seeing here. Uh, there's a histogram in the background. This is essentially showing you where your dark darks are in the photo and how strong your lights are in the photo. Right. Um, to simply put curves, this here is your dark point. Up here is your whites in the photo. Um, everything on the top of this triangle is going to be adding um, to, sorry, lightens, doesn't add, sorry, it lightens your photos. Uh, there we go. I can see like oh, that. Yeah, Everything that. on the bottom of the triangle is going to darken. So. so nice thing about that effect is that you're actually you're you're working with the RGB and you're you're mm-hmm. actually increasing the luminescence of all three red, green, and blue yes, simultaneously, works. and mm-hmm. and it's and you're able to basically create the illusion that you're you've got more light in the photo yes. than you really yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. You can add a bit more contrast that way too. Yeah. So let's have a look. What you kind of want to do with this, it's really easy to go overboard. Um, So if you're looking at it, you see all these cross sections. Down here is your blacks. These will be your shadows, your midtones, your highlights, and then your pure whites. So if you look at this photo, it's fairly washed out. There's a lot of black. So we're probably going to want to adjust. Well, we'll probably want to pull these whites over just a bit because you can see in the glove here how gray it is and you know it's supposed to be white. So is that adjusting the white balance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's actually uh, adding, sorry, not adding. And I guess you can can see, I can see in your histogram there that you're in fact lining it up with where the lights start basically mm-hmm. and this kind of goes back to the levels we'll hit levels a little later but it also has to do with sure. the histogram okay and essentially uh kind of what you want to do is make sure that 
you're you're adjusting to the edge of the lights and the edge of the darks. Okay. So when there's a lot of blank space, that means it's it's not reading very high in your lights. It's way oversaturated with the darks. So you just kind of want to balance things out. Essentially, is what you're trying to do. Cool. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel. So. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do exactly the same thing there in GIMP. Oh. As, as you're doing. Okay. So there we go. And then we'll probably want to pull up our highlights just a tad. There we go. Wonderful. And maybe pull down our shadows just a touch because they've come up too. Oh, not that much. Just a tiny, tiny bit. Okay, so if you're happy with that, that's kind of done a general lightening, then we're good with that. Next, you can see there's quite a bit of uh, red still in the photo. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is I would go image adjustment, selective color. And what we want to target is the red. So you can see here in colors, it says reds. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then I want to pull the magenta out of that just a bit. Yeah, and we'll show uh, you yes. what oh, yeah. it does. Oh yeah, so you've got kind of a almost a, a neon luminescence when you turn when you turn off your preview. Mm -hmm. You can really see that, almost like fake hair. Uh, GIMP is right click, colors, color balance, and bring it. Now, which way were you going? You're going away from magenta a little bit. Uh, yours is set up a little different. This one, you're kind of you're switching out one color for the other. Whereas in this one, you're just removing oh. a color. Okay, so maybe I'm in the wrong spot. So while you while you show us, let me see if I can find... What do, what do you call it in This Photoshop? is called selective, selective color. Selective color. Uh, let's see. No, it's not that. Uh, what about select your primary color to adjust? What does that do? So primary color red. red. Try that. Okay. And let's bring down the saturation of red. Maybe... A yeah, that seems to be doing oh, a, okay. similar, yeah. similar a similar effect. thing. Okay, so the way I got to that is right-click on the image, colors, hue saturation, selected red as my primary color to adjust, and bring down the saturation of the color red. And that does appear to be doing pretty much the, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, so we can do that in GIMP as well, and I'll hit OK. Good stuff. Um, and then you can also notice this one's kind of a good example of where you have selective um, areas that are maybe too saturated in one color and not the whole thing. Um, this one looks like maybe this young lady was doing a lot of dancing and she's just a little flushed. Oh, so yes. I kind of I want to select her, just her face there. So I've been, I've uh, sorry I'm in my brush. Let's give her a dot in my brush here. I'm going to do a larger brush. Uh, I'm at 86 points. That's fine. And I want it to be a little bit feathered. I don't want it to have hard edges. So I'm about 14%. And full opacity is fine. Okay. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into, um, it's called, let's see, select a quick mask. And that pretty much means that I'm just going to paint the areas that I want to select instead of going around and pointing, like selecting it just with little points. Right. Just a little faster for... Uh, a little more natural, like she's got very smooth lines on her face versus a triangle, right? So I'll just give her a paint. Okay. She's a little blue. And then we exit that. So if I can, can I do the same so over in GIMP? Uh, what I would do is I would use my selection tool and hit Control-A to select all. 
and then use the quick mask marquee button down in the bottom left hand side or shift Q which turns on quick mask bring up my paintbrush same thing so change the size of our paintbrush to something appropriate too large and the the featheriness of it is that a word <laughs> yeah, choose sure. kind of the brush it head is now. it is now the softness it. of it maybe. so I would create the same thing it's not purple it's red there we go Sort of, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little rougher at this than you are. Shift Q and then right click and select inverse. Mm-hmm. Because remember, I started with a select all or invert. There we go. So now I've got the same selection as you do. Good stuff. And then awesome. again, we're just quickly going to go to the selective color. And then just you see where oh, the little okay. marching yeah, yeah, ants yeah. are. In that area where these marching ants are, that's the only place the color is going to be taken out of. Everything else is going to remain the same. And it's going to be clean because that marquee, in fact, you can't see it, but it has that feathered edge. Yeah, exactly. That's why we use a softer brush. Yeah. So I'm just going to pull a little bit extra magenta out of her face here. It's not a lot, but it's going to make her look. It it makes a big difference, Mm -hmm. though, doesn't it? Once we zoom out here. She looks just a little bit more in tune with everyone else's color there. Right. And I suppose that same kind of effect could be used for teeth whitening. Absolutely. We're actually going to touch on that later, too. Just a little bit of uh, prettying kind of people up. Yeah. You can make them look younger, get rid of any of those spots that everybody has, and uh, yeah, make your teeth look whiter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All that good stuff. In GIMP, it's going to be the same as we just did. Uh, colors, hue, saturation, select red, bring down her saturation, and there you go. Same deal. Right? There we go. Brilliant. Good stuff. So if you look at that compared <laughs> to the original, uh, like like I said, right, there's only right. so much you can do with a photo, but it is still so much better than what it was before. Absolutely. If you wanted to crop it down, I'll show you a quick cropping. What I would do in Photoshop, um, instead of resizing the image, if I want just a specific section, I would take my crop tool and I size it up here. Can you show us the crop tool again? Sorry. Sorry, it's just right here in my palette. Mm -hmm. And then I would size it up here. Say I knew in my blog that the image widths had to be, uh, let's say, 600 pixels. So I type 600 there. But it doesn't matter what the size is. It's automatically going to size it. Uh, appropriately. Is it proportional? Uh, no. See, I can drag it like uh, so it's uh, vertical or horizontal. Regardless, this is going to be 500 pixels wide. And then it will make the height whatever you've created okay. here. All right. So let's see it in action then. So if we just drag it to where we want, it's going to black out everywhere that will get cropped off. So say you're just showing an awesome photo of you and your friends. There we go. And I say... Yes, okay. And there we go. Cool. Uh, in GIMP, I usually use, I actually just use the marquee. I usually start with a control A. And what I like about the GIMP is that you can actually drag in your marquee and you can just move the marquee around. It doesn't, it, this isn't the crop tool, this is just the marquee itself, mm-hmm. which is really, really nice. And in fact, you can even do that with, say, a circular marquee. You can, in fact, stretch it, which is a brilliant thing to be able to do. But I see what you're doing is using this crop tool. And GIMP has it as well, but I'm not familiar with it enough. But I see that the settings are pretty much the same as what you what mm-hmm. you've done in Photoshop. And so with that the as well. with, when you use the marquee, do you actually have to copy and paste it into a new board? No. What or I, does it resize your pasteboard already? Well, it's not autom- automatic that way. What I would normally do, I start with the marquee, and then I say, oh well, I, I want to make this, you know, so that they're centered perfectly in the photo. I might do it like that, and then I right click and I go image 
crop to selection, and then I get the same kind oh, okay. of Okay, so then effect. it adjusts the board as well. Yeah. Okay, and, very cool. And sometimes what I'll then do is I'll, I'll say, okay, well, this is going to be printed as a, a four by six, say. So I'll do my canvas size, and we see, that, oh, I've actually cropped it too short, for example, right? So I might undo that, make my marquee a little bit higher, crop it again in this particular case, go image, canvas size, and then switch back to inches so I can go four by six. But you, you, see, you see what I mean. Obviously, my mm -hmm. proportions are a little off. But I can actually set it up so that it's going to fit that. Does that make sense? Yeah, very yeah. cool. actually works fairly uh, similar. There we go. Now I've got four. <laughs> four by six. Perfect. That's what I was going to. And then I can move it around. This is a nice thing about GIMP is you can move around your crop as you're resizing the canvas. There you go. So there's a perfect four by six. That's nice. what I wanted to get Lovely. to. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. So for me, with a photo that's been taken with a flash in such a dark setting, that's probably as much as I would dare to do with that photo. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you risk, once you start editing a JPEG too much, you actually start reducing, um, I think it's uh, the bit depth, which means that you're working with, you don't get... Uh, it just it destroys the photo essentially if you, you it's start. Like, it's a lossy medium, right? Yes, thank you. So it's like, <laughs> it's yeah. like the old reel to reels, kids. When you'd copy and copy and copy, you'd eventually end up with a dub that's really bad quality. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well put. Cool. All right, so let's close that one. W while she's opening up the next one, look at the difference again. There's the original cropped. There's my my GIMP version, very similar to what what was achieved in Photoshop. Good difference, Hill? Looks terrific. Very good. I'm learning lots. Keep keep going, guys. Okay, okay. <laughs> take it all in. All right. Um, What's next? We're going to mess around with Eric right now. Oh, well, this this could be fun. There was a great photo that uh, was supplied, but the only problem with it was that the girl's face was too perfect, so I couldn't show you everything that I wanted to show you. So, as much as I know Eric loves me, I'm sure he'd appreciate if we took a few <laughs> years off. This will be a sweet oh, profile. We're going to... Here is okay. Mr. Eric. Oh, and you don't have this photo, do you? Would you like it? What are you going to do? Like, just tap your MacBook to my monitor and it'll just... I don't know. Out? You can probably... Can you do it. the same things What's enough. the file name? I couldn't tell you right it'll now. It'll be on our server here. Ba -da -da. I'm a jerk and I didn't even think about that. Okay. Will you show us on Photoshop? You could also try you, to you do, do this in one of the photos that Hillary supplied. Um, yeah. It would just be a different photo. Okay. Well, how about... Uh, but you, you could also what? show the same effects you the, and everything. You, you start... This is poorly planned, but very well implemented. This is my fault. You start, TV people. you start showing, and I'll grab the photo at the same time and get it up in GIMP. Okay. How's that? All right? All Here right. Go, so here's Eric. Okay. There's Eric. First step again, I'm going to duplicate <laughs> the photo and lock it so that I can't ruin that first one. This time, instead of uh, curves, I'm going to show you levels. Sorry, I want to do everything with quick keys, <laughs> but I realize I need to show you where things are. So we go image adjustment levels. So this is a histogram I was talking about earlier. This shows you the balance between darks and lights in your photo, the left being your darks, the right being your lights. So when something is this skewed, um, it can depend on what kind of photo it is. This, this here photo looks like it's intended to be in a darker setting, so of course your darks are going to be higher. Um, up here are your input levels. That means that that is darks and lights that you are adding to the photo. 
down here are output levels. That means it's darks and lights you are taking out of the photo. Um, that down, one sorry, you, I had the camera on you. Where, down where? Oh, sorry. Here. Right so hand. this is input. Okay. Um, this will be lights and darks you're adding. Mm-hmm. Down here is output. Lights and darks you're oh, removing. I Generally, you don't want to mess with the output unless it's... Um, I would do that more on an outdoor photo. Okay. But, so input this is here. You see that our lights kind of start right here, but our starter level's all the way over. So I just want to pull that over just a tiny bit just to brighten them up. And I want to pull our darks, our blacks down just a bit as well for contrast. Let's say 11, and I'm just going to pull this up a bit. And then I'm going to, this here is your midtones, so it doesn't overall on the photo, it doesn't select just your darks or your lights, it'll uh, apply it to the entire thing. So I'm going to pull that just a little bit, lighten it up. There we go. And Eric is also a little bit red in this photo. So I am going to select his face like we did in the last one with your brush. Same thing exactly, the marquee here. Yep. with and then, the quick mask? Exactly. Okay. It's just kind of the easiest way, or the quickest way for me to show you right now too. You could always take, um, if you have like a lasso tool, which is like, a, right. do you have anything like that in GIMP? Yes, and GIMP in fact, okay, I, well, maybe I we'll love do it the that lasso way. tool in GIMP. Because again, I can readjust the I can readjust the marquee after it's been created. Right. So I'm I'm still looking for the photo, folks. But okay. Uh, well, let's Krista see if show we can do that. Photoshop here. Real quick. This is okay. the. Oh, so you're doing a marquee. Here is the. This one's called the lasso tool. Okay. So you find it here. This one's uh, lasso. And sorry, I guess I'm using the polygonal uh, lasso tool. Okay. <laughs> and let's just. Tracing, eh? Yeah, pretty much. So I'm just making small points all the way around. Are you holding anything on the keyboard? I'm not. Okay. If I were to, uh, I'll show you. Look, let's say I made a mistake and went halfway up his face here. Yes. Then I. Then would, what happens oh, in Photoshop? There we go. Um, then it selects only here, and I go, oh, oh, I want to add this. So I'm going to hold down my Shift key, okay, which so makes it an add. You're going to add a marquee to the existing marquee. Exactly. But in Photoshop, you don't have a way to correct the. Um, if I were actually to use my my pen tool, yeah. um, that would be exactly what I would That's be doing. That's a vector, is it not? Or is it... Okay. Uh, let's just quickly select him. It's Wish. not... Sorry, it's not vector. It's... Um, let me just close this and I'll show you the... There we go. So now we have him selected. Um, it would be this tool here, this pen. Right. And then uh, I don't really want to push down because then we're going to lose this selection. Okay, well, but resume, then you make resume a point. With, the, with the marquee and then... Sure. Okay, so we've got his face selected. We go to image, adjustments, selective color. We're going to pull a little bit of magenta out of his face. Now, because you used the marquee tool there, the, the polygonal marquee, is there any feathering? On when I created it, there is a refine edges option. Okay. Um, so that's up to you how soft you want the edges to be. You can create them that way. Um, because I used this version, no, I didn't. I didn't set it up while I was demonstrating right there. Okay. To have softer edges, and and that's something where I probably wouldn't have done this this way to select his face. But I wanted to show you that method. No, knowing that now, if you change the levels, 
mm-hmm. or the saturation uh, with the marquee there unfeathered it's going to have a bit it of a, might, yeah. a stark edge almost a, like yeah. a cliff edge is there a way for us to feather the edge once the marquee is created once we realize yeah oh, absolutely we got that step so i just uh, got out of that and still we have this selected here up here on this toolbar in photoshop there's something called refine edges so you just click on that and it's going to black out everything that's not selected and then oh, okay. the feather option is right here so you can pull that a bit and you see it just softens the edges. Eric's floating head. That's you cool. can also smooth it a bit and it just makes your lines a little less abrupt. We don't need to worry about that right now. But yeah, we'll do the feathering. So it makes the, it would be like selecting a softer brush. Nice. Like that. And then image adjustment, selective color. Let's pull a little magenta out of him. He won't mind. <laughs> there we go. Now, I want to whiten Eric's teeth a little. So I'm going to go back to my trusty. Oh, stop that. Sorry, it just thinks I'm selected somewhere. There I go, back to my brush. And select quick mask. Can make my brush a little smaller. Uh, he's got paint his teeth blue. That's a good look for him, <laughs> I say. Okay, yeah, yeah, we were talking there about we this. There we go. Um, and select inverse to there to uh, get that section that you wanted. Do you know the file name there yet? By any chance? <laughs> Just the file name. Are you still looking for it? I found Elizabeth's photo shoot. We can find out. Eric is I really want to be able to follow here. along on GIMP here because I, I know a lot of this stuff is. That is image seven one seven one. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thanks. That's easy to right. remember. So over. Uh, let's get this in GIMP. Aren't I a big jerk? Seventy one seventy one. Okay. Yeah, way to spring that on me, <laughs> yo. I told you beforehand too. I would pull different photos. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Then All right. I, you know, there we go. There it is in GIMP. You know, Look at being that. the jerk I okay. am. Marquee tool. Okay, zoom in on face. And this is the lasso marquee. What I can do is I can hold in my control key and do that kind of thing, same okay. as you were doing. But see, what I can do in GIMP that you can't do in Photoshop, and I'm not. this, again, is not a Photoshop versus GIMP tutorial. I just want you to know that I see everywhere I click, there is still a point that I can now move. So if, in your in your case, you accidentally went... Like that, I can actually say, oh, well, well let's actually fix that, right? Uh, maybe if I finish the marquee. I can, I can fix things a little easier. So if it's like that, and let's say I go outside, oh, I can actually move that. Or if I go out here, and you see that I've actually clicked there, I can move that point. It's kind of cool. That was kind of neat. So, uh, and if I were to get up here... I'm not sure what that 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 was a pretty cool tool. Where did you go with? See again, I can just move anywhere the that seems a little red on his face. Sure. Okay. Uh, you don't have to worry about going around his hair too much because it's not going to pull. Okay. Too much out of there. All right. So I haven't feathered either. Um, I could have feathered using this feather edges over here. It sounds like you're doing your hair in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can do is nice. I can right click, select feather and just tell it how many pixels I want to feather by, which, you know, I might say 25 in this case. 
Um, and that's something that'll change to you depending on how large the photo you're working with is. Sure. Okay. So let's remove some of the red, just like we learned in the previous photo. Same sort of idea, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. And what was next? Uh, we selected his teeth. Let's okay, select his teeth. teeth. Okay, so you go ahead. Okay, so cool. his teeth are selected here on my end. Um, and again, we're using that. There's, I should say, there are so many ways to do these. Um, but if you're looking to do all these quick and easy for your blog, it's best just to stick with one method. Okay. Um, so I'm just kind of sticking with the, the handy selective color tool since I like it, it makes so things, much. So we're learning a tool here that we're going to be able to do a lot with. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So this is Photoshop. So in this case, instead of the reds, um, I'm going to select neutrals. And I'm going to pull a little bit of the yellow out, a little bit of magenta out. Okay. So you're bringing it more toward the white. Exactly. Could I not... Now, we already learned the curves tool tonight as well. Mm -hmm. Could we use that to say, okay, here I am in GIMP, and let's say I've got that selection. Now let's bring up the whites. No, let's see. That skews the color a lot, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. levels, on the other hand... Is your brightness and contrast, unless... There are ways to select just your RGB. Mm -hmm. Um, We learned the levels over on Photoshop. That's getting a little bit more into things right and curves are very easy to overdo okay so show us how this is done yes (laughs) it's so nice so i'm just pulling out some of the magenta some of the yellow um maybe a little bit of the cyan here just until they start looking there i kind of like that not overly white. You don't when you make someone's teeth in a photo overly white. It looks unnatural. It looks fake, like what I did yeah. there. But see, I could do the same thing over in GIMP. We know that mm-hmm. I could select each one that I want to bring down. Not going to take too much time here, just because we know that we've got the same tool. We've already established that, so that's awesome. Cool. Good stuff. Cool. Oh, let's see what else we can do with Eric. Oh, I know what I want to do. Is this helpful, Hill? I think Eric has these nice brown eyes here, and I just want them to pop a little bit more. So what I'm going to do um, is I'm taking my, it's called the saturation tool, and it's in my palette here. And it's this little, sorry, not saturation, it's called the sponge tool. And what it's going to do is saturate. And I have it set up to, we can make our brush size a little bit bigger there. And you want it to be very soft. You don't want hard edges on it either. So I'm going to go about 9%. And this is set to saturate. You can also set it to desaturate, and that takes the color out of a photo. But we want to just make the color that's already there just a little bit stronger. Um, and I have the flow rate set to about 30%. So that okay. just adjusts how strong, how much Think color Think of an airbrush painter. Yeah, exactly. So how, how highly You want to do is. it in small bits and not really right. strong, or you're just okay. going to end up with something awful just brush over his eyes just quickly here. Look at that. And it just made them brighten up just a little bit. You can also apply that whitening tea strategy to the whites of his eyes if you wanted to select them. Okay. I think he's pretty good right now, so I'm going to leave him. Cool. Yeah. And I would like to make Eric look just a little bit younger. If we could do that. All right. Go for Does it. Does anyone mind? All right. So I'm going to take my clone tool, which is in my palette again. Okay. And then it shows up as a brush size. Still a pretty soft brush. And then I want to set my opacity. And that's like your flow rate too. They're similar. Uh, to fairly low here. 
The point isn't to get rid of his smile lines. The point is to just make them a little bit softer. I'm going to select somewhere close to where the areas that I want to be. I'm just going to hold down my option. It shows where I'm selecting from and click. that it's pulling that selection area around with me. Yep. So you can just, if there's any line, so can I show you something on the GIMP here? No. This is something, sure. you may not have it in CS5, but in the later versions of Photoshop, you can pay more and get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the healing tool. Yes. So, and I can actually use that. It looks like a little bandage thing. And if I zoom in on Eric, watch this. This is crazy. Because the clone tool, you're actually, you're replicating stuff. Mm-hmm. You're replicating this cheek part and putting it over top of. Yeah. That's this. why you use it at very diluted. Um, right. Not 100% or you're going to so with crazy things. With this particular tool in the GIMP, GNU Image Manipulation Program, this is the, the free kind of image editor that we love. Uh, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to hold in my left control key and click. And what it does is it actually... It does a comparative, and it creates new textures based on what should be there, and is able to just do a, a cre- you know with a little bit of clicking. Oh, and I'm on your screen. <laughs> Look at the diff- sorry. So here, here I've clicked. Sorry, I was showing you uh, the Photoshop screen. Here I am on GIMP with the healing brush. Oh, and I've, sorry, I've messed it up <laughs> now because I un, undid too much here. Let's just revert because I want to show you this. Okay. Oh, terrible demonstration. It was working just a <laughs> moment ago. Okay, let me close out. Sure. I had the wrong screen open. Sure it was. Hill, you're going to love this on, on GIMP. I promise you that. <laughs> cool. Oh, sorry, your mic is off. There, okay, your mic is on. never in your life.
<laughs> okay, so we're going to have to kill Hillary's mic there. Sorry. Okay. So, sorry about that, folks. Hopefully, has that been going on for a while? A little bit? Yeah. All right. Thanks, so. You, you could have yelled at us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're just going. Okay, so that's that's uh, that's the healing tool anyway. So. Uh, but I suppose we should jump into news. Hillary, I, I, right. now we can't hear you, right? But uh, does that does that help you get a little bit of information there? I feel really good about that. I enjoyed those tips. The only other thing I'm so curious about, we could probably do a whole other show on it, is just like the different, I don't know what the word is, layers or filters, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Filters and things. Thing. Yeah, there's a ton you can do. Um, and the best way, if you're curious, just go online, go on where whatever your search engine that you want to use and type in Photoshop tutorials, um, photo touch-ups, and there are hundreds of just great pointers out there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great way to learn. Well, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Um, Hillary, we're, we're happy to uh, – you're going to be on the show again soon, and we'll, we'll be happy to uh, uh, go over some of the – You know, I, I think about the Gaussian effects and adding yeah. a, a white layer. Because when we're taking shots for a wedding, what do we typically do is add a, like a white soft focus to the mm-hmm. camera so that you get a really nice kind of soft – uh, almost a glow to the picture, and, and that can be done digitally as well. So that's kind of cool. So. Always just takes a lot longer than you want it to. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay, are you set? Oh, yeah. Let's give her some news. All right. Oh. We will. <laughs> Good stuff. Promise you. I can, I can start it. You can start it, and it'll just, but it'll look, it'll just it'll catch look like up. me. There okay. you go. Hey. Okay. Well, here are the stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. <laughs> a concept to embed facial recognition cameras into steering wheels to detect angry or upset drivers is being worked on by researchers. A team in Switzerland said irritated drivers could be more aggressive and less attentive, and therefore assessing emotional state could improve safety. Tests of the system show promising levels of accuracy, the team said, but one group representing the interests of drivers was not impressed. The researchers from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne said their system learned to identify two emotions, anger and disgust, on the face of its test subjects. Another use for the technology was said to be to detect driver fatigue by monitoring the percentage of eyelid closure. That's kind of cool. Kind of creepy. I said cool. You said creepy. Well, I think about they got the breathalyzers and everything. That makes sense. Um, So then, but I guess it's probably a good thing because... But what would ha- what would happen next? It's like so. Does the car not start if I you're don't angry? Know. Like, or yeah, <laughs> you really? Need to, you need to calm down a little, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know. I think the fatigue. Um, it starts with view you. is a little more uh, useful than sense. the anger one. Sure. Yeah. If you're dozing off, you want the car to like give you like a little. Yeah. Maybe maybe it'd have like two Vibrates contacts on your back. Like, uh, okay, I'm awake. Car. Little shock. Yeah. Little uh, shocks. Yes. Just a little bit. A little tase. I think the fatigue thing is cool. But, you know, if you ever have a song on and you're singing and you're singing really angry, oh, yeah. what if it's... Bring him home! You know, like you just exactly. get into it. And you it can't help it. you're angry, but you're not. I know. This could be a problem. It started with, your door is ajar. Now it's like, yeah. settle down, sir. That's <laughs> not a bad thing. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Isn't it convenient that your employer can direct deposit your paycheck into your bank account? I think so. Surely the staff at Morrison Supermarkets felt that way until details of around 100,000 employees were stolen. 
The information, which includes bank account details, has since been published online and sent on a disc to a newspaper. Morrison said its initial investigation does not point to the work of an outside hacker. The supermarket chain is reassuring shoppers, saying there had been no loss of customer data, but that the majority of its staff have been affected by the theft of payroll data. That's kind of scary. A little bit. Yeah, you think that this is convenient. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should just get your check, walk to the bank, and put it in. Maybe. And then the banks. And make sure you're happy on the way or your car's not going to start. See, it's amazing how you make it all roll together. <laughs> ties it's amazing. Happens. <laughs> yeah, you think though that you're, you're safe with. You never think that your employer mm-hmm. would have this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Stolen. And then it happens. Just be careful, folks. Mm. A health watchdog is warning that that thousands of people have been sent hoax emails suggesting they have cancer. The convincing messages appear to come from the National Institute for Health and Care. Sorry, Health and Care Excellence. It says the contents are likely likely be distressing and has reported the hoax to the police. It is not clear exactly how many people are affected, but based on the high numbers of calls to the organization, it is thought to be numbered in the thousands. That is sad. A whole new low. Yeah, really. I I was looking at this, and they make it sound like it's coming from a health Mm -hmm. agency. From Nice. Yeah. It's nice. We have been sent a sample of your blood analysis for further research. During the complete blood count, uh, we revealed the white blood cells are very low, and unfortunately we have a suspicion of cancer. We suggest that you bring in your CBC test results and interpretations and attachments below and visit your family doctor as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. This is just short and just like, holy cow. That would make anyone's heart stop practically. Yeah, no kidding. What's the motivation behind something like that? I don't know. Rhetorical question, but seriously? Maybe it's set up by family doctors. <laughs> it's, the, it's the people's family doctor I just don't know. needs extra business. Haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> oh, dear me. Dear Never me. know. Never know. All right. Well, imagine a world where new release movies, movies still in the theater, and everything in between can be watched from a Netflix-like interface. This is a world that is upon us, but that the movie industry dreads, of course. Popcorn Time allows free access to movies by streaming content shared illegally as BitTorrent files. Its makers said they were closing the experimental service, but other developers have taken over. One analyst, oh my goodness, one analyst described the software as a nightmare scenario from the movie industry. The software, which launched last week, has been made open source and posted on a popular code sharing website. This means that anyone is now free to use, adapt, and crucially host. Uh, sorry, crucially hosts the software, making it more difficult to close down. It also means mm-hmm. that while the original Popcorn Time makers decide to close the service at the end of last week, it has now essentially taken on a life of its own. Wow. Ooh. That is a very cool idea. I think, though, the fact that they're using illegal torrents is, yeah. is you know, obviously that's gray area and, and kind of sad that it's... But, but think about something like Category 5 or Revision 3 or Twit TV... Being able to use torrents mm-hmm. to stream their shows to people. That would be amazing. Can you imagine? That would cut our costs yeah. exponentially. That's the whole idea of torrent. It's You're sharing the hosting. So as I'm watching it, it's also streaming to Krista. And as Krista's mm-hmm. watching it, it's streaming over to Hillary. And it becomes this, you know, what is the web? It's meant to be this interconnection of computers. Right. That could be used for some serious, serious good. Maybe the movie industry needs to step up and say, hey, 
here's a technology that we could be using, making Just money. Just realign off of. the focus a little. Really? Yeah. Start doing things right for a change. This isn't 1986. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Despite so many warnings from Microsoft and cybersecurity experts, Windows XP is still being used by a number of government organizations, financial institutions, as well as big corporations all around the world. If you stick with Windows XP after April 8th of 2014, you'll be at great risk as XP will take its last breath officially on its date, this date. That fact poses a danger to its users as they will be exposed to all kinds of treats. It's hard to believe that around 95% of the 420,000 banks, ATMs in the USA, the country which is known for the world's largest national security, uh, cybersecurity division, also runs on Windows XP. But after wow. the deadline, if a serious security flaw or vulnerability is found in Windows XP, the banks on their own will defend against the increasingly high, high-tech cyber criminals. I'm having a hard time tonight. <laughs> All is not lost for Microsoft. A spokesperson from the company told Reuters that there are certainly large enterprise uh, enterprise customers who haven't finished their migrations yet and are purchasing custom support. It is estimated that for British banks alone, the cost of extending support for Windows XP would be around 50 to 60 million pounds, which is up to $100 million US. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. So they're not minding. <laughs> I can't believe that the bank machines are all still using XP. Just update 95%? It. What's the big Just deal? Just update it. Sure. Replace <laughs> 400,000 machines. It's going to be costly, but they're saying 100, 100 million US dollars mm-hmm. to extend support on a 13, 14 year old operating system. That sounds they like. They should have thought about this before. Well, they've been. Yeah. <laughs> we all should have thought Just of this saying. before. Hello. Really, it just sounds like another Band-Aid approach. And we're getting a little sick of of hearing about Band-Aid approaches when it comes to Microsoft Windows. Honestly, it's too dangerous. They're so good at it. Too dangerous. And these are the bank machines that we're walking to deposit our checks. There is no safe way. With a smile. There's no safe way. Walk and deposit. I'm not putting my money in a machine that runs Windows XP after April 8th. Ask for your paychecks in cash and put it under your mattress. That's the only safe way. Is that it? I guess so. All right. Yeah. You guys can get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. Category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, you can email us at category5.tv from the category5.tv newsroom. I'm Krista Wells. Thanks, Krista. This is Category 5 Technology TV. If you stuck with us through all the audio nonsense, yes, it's always fun when we try to introduce all this fun. We got a great setup, I think, Hill. I, but now we can't hear you because see the lapel that you're wearing. <laughs> so this is uh, the lapel microphone. Folks, we need another one of these headsets. So if, if you want to help us out, you know, go buy some T-shirts. Honestly, that would help us out uh, because that this I like the setup. I like being able to have two co-hosts here. Uh, I think our setup is pretty good. Uh, you'll be able to see pictures after the show um, mm-hmm. to show you how, what we actually see. Uh, but we set up a nice little area for uh, for Hillary to sit in, and it's quite comfy. you got your own computer and chat room and all that stuff. Uh, but the microphone, unfortunately, had some serious difficulties. That's too bad. Oh, well. Sorry about that, Next folks. time will be perfect. Next time. I would like to say, um, as we are just about out of time, I'd like to say hello to some of our newly registered viewers. Uh, Maybe you can take it away as I bring up the map. Sure. We have G-Man. Welcome. We also have Carl W. Campbell. Welcome, Carl W. Campbell. Hey, yeah. 
Adelaide GKM. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, V7BBD. Cool. Welcome to you. Nice to have you. And lastly, we have Sergio P. Welcome, Sergio P. Welcome. And welcome to all of our viewers tonight. Watching from Calgary, Alberta, Evansville, Lexington, this Moscow as well. Tuning into Category Five, Moncton and Amherst. Got a fair number of viewers along the San Francisco coast and Chicago in that area. Nice to have you joining us. Of course, Toronto, Southern Ontario, and the Northern United States. Plenty of people there. Uh, Kiev and Malaysia. Quite a few people watching tonight from Malaysia. That's pretty awesome. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, everybody. I hope that uh, in spite of our audio difficulties that you were able to enjoy the show. Uh, Of course, catch us in the chat room afterward. It's Category 5 on Freenode. Next week, uh, Erica Lalonde is going to be joining us. I'm going to be installing this really cool wall receptacle that, in fact, offers two, not one, but two... No way. 12.5-watt USB receptacles. Oh, very cool. Right in your wall. So you've got the plugs... And you've got the plugs right there. No adapters necessary. No iPad charger or tablet charger, whatever devices you're using, Mm -hmm. your cell phone, plug directly into the USB port on the wall. So that's all the time that we have tonight, folks. Hillary, a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us tonight. Krista, always nice to have you here. Thanks. Nice to see you. (laughs) We'll see you next Tuesday night. See you guys. Bye. Good night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.